0: alright you well you well Uh, thanks very much for listening to this podcast I'm delighted to have you here this is a podcast where I'm giving you 36 pieces of expert life advice advice I wish I had followed in my 36 years of living turned 36 there two weeks ago in my late 30s a man in his late 30s was found confused uh, on the street Um, I hope you like it I think you will though uh, this was a podcast that was previously behind a paywall two weeks ago over on patreon.com forward slash Tony Camwell. I put an extra podcast out every single week where for the price, for for, a, for the measly price of a pint of Island's Edge, <laughs> R.I.P., um, I put a podcast out called The Bonus Camwell Shit Show, um, which is as long if not longer than the podcast that I put out. And I put that out every single week. Um, you can also get... Um, You can also get uh, early bird tickets to any gig. I'll be doing a tour next year. And any gigs that go on sale, you can get early bird tickets over on patreon.com forward slash Tony Cantwell. So look, if you're not a patron and you want to give it a punt, even if you want to do it as maybe a little Christmas gift for someone, you can do so over there on patreon.com forward slash Tony Cantwell. And you'll get podcasts like this. So look, thanks very much for listening. Also, a little bit of a plug. The Young Hot Guys podcast with myself, Shane Daniel Byrne and Killian Sunderman is coming this thursday you can even go into spotify right now or wherever you get your podcast and you can subscribe right now so please do do that you'll be getting a whole heap loads uh from me and the lads uh in the next coming weeks and for however long where we this is of interest to us (laughs) to do this but it's been a lot of fun and i think you'll really enjoy it um but look as for right now 36 Expert pieces of life advice from your boy TC. Hope you enjoy all the best. Bubba, the
1: Stony Girl Shit Show. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. The Stony Show. I don't know, yeah.
0: All right, how are you getting on? You well, you well, it's your wuffle. How you doing? I'm back in the shed, guys. Back home. I'm back home here in the shed. Uh, look, it is a mess. I need to just address the elephant in the room. And by elephant, I mean fuckloads loads of shite and uh, just clear it out. But don't worry, I'm going to go to Ikea next week with Jordan and I'm going to get some new storage and that's going to solve everything. And it's not just going to be me coming in with a load of boxes of stuff that I have to put together that I don't put together <laughs> for ages. That's not going to happen. I'm going to build it and they will come. And it's going to be an amazing, I don't know, you know, sort of, don't you worry. But look, I'm not talking about that shite right now. I have a lot to talk about today. See, when I turned 33, I gave uh, 33 pieces of advice, 33 life hacks, things that I wish that I knew, things that I kind of actually do do. And a lot of the time I listen to a lot of self-help and a lot of life hacks and I don't follow through with any of them. So I like putting together my own list of things that I actually do. And they're not going to change the world. But some of them might be little insight shifts that can help you be more positive. Some of them are productivity hacks. Some of them are cooking hacks. There's loads of stuff. When I was 33, I gave you 33. Now I'm 36, and I'm going to give you 36. That's 99 nice uh, pieces of advice. Um, So almost 100 pieces of advice I, I will have given you over uh, these two podcasts. But rather than me shy on, because I'll be talking about a lot of them. There's 36 here. I'm just going to get into it. Okay. They're in no particular order, but here we go. Number one, onions take longer than two to three minutes to sweat. Don't be coming at me, BBC Good Food, saying, oh, in about two or three minutes, the the onions, you're going to have raw onions. You start putting, I don't know, the beef mince in there, the tomatoes on top of that, your spice. It's going to taste raw, okay, unless you have a gas hob and you're monitoring it correctly. Onions take longer than two to three minutes to sweat, okay, so keep that in mind. Um, here's another one for you on that. Um, If you are starving, do not go on BBC Good Food and make a recipe that says it only takes an hour to make when you've never made it before. If you're hungry and you've got mouths to feed and your wife is like, what is going on? I'm so hungry. You're much better off just making something that you already know that isn't very good rather than trying to do some grandiose, big, massive beef wellington when you've never even made a duck salad before. All right. So that's a little bonus one on that. Number two, making sketches is a fantastic hobby. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. If you make sketches, sketches are a weird thing. uh, And video content and audio content is a weird thing. Because when you put it out there, of course, it has the potential to go viral. And of course, it has the potential to blow up and change your life if that's what you want. But if with any other hobby, you wouldn't put that level of unfair expectation on it. All right. It is a phenomenal thing just to do with your friends, to make a buddy cop movie with your mates uh, just for your own enjoyment. And if you had another hobby like making scented candles and eight people told you those scented candles smell fucking amazing, you would think to yourself, wow, I got some really good scented candles here. Right. So keep that in mind for sketches as well. Do I always follow that? No, but I'm too far down the other way. Right. I live and die by this shit. But for you, if you just like making sketches or you like making music, make it. And if eight people like it, that's eight more people. Just think of of it if it was a scented candle. They'd be like, I love that. Can I have one of those? Of course you can. Can I have that sketch? Of course you can. Here you go. Download it. It's on WhatsApp. There you are. Number three. This is about boundaries in a relationship. And this is not advice that I've followed. But it's advice that I kind of, not I wish I had. Because now, anyway, the advice is this. Uh my friend in uh, sales told me this before, and he's a really down-to-earth guy, very sweet guy. But he was in a relationship, and he said, what you should do when you start a relationship, which I've never done before, and I've always thrown myself in the deep end, he said, is I've started saying no to every third invite from the person that I'm dating. So if she says, do you want to go to cinema with my mates? Sure. Do you want to go meet my parents for dinner on Friday? Absolutely. Do you want to come to this thing with my schoolmates are having a couple of drinks? No, sorry, I'm busy. Every third thing, just say no to it. And you can change the, you know, the the routine. You don't just have to be every three. But on average, 33% of the invites, you should say, no, I'm actually busy. And then make a plan for something else. It will be space that you might not be able to have later on. Me and Terry are now working out what our actual space is. And we're married with two kids in a gaff. And now we're talking to ourselves, being like, all right, how do we actually get space? You know, and it's it's a bigger conversation and a bigger deal. It allows you to have those hobbies and not let them fall by the wayside you know of course it's phenomenal to throw yourself in the deep end of a relationship it's the most beautiful thing there is but make sure you leave something for daddy right number four audiobooks are real books don't fucking come at me audiobooks are real books okay you can say you read something in a book if it's an audiobook all right and it's a fantastic way to do chores listen to a book i love listening to audiobooks i mostly have found i don't really like reading fiction. I prefer watching movies. If fiction is being fed to me, I prefer it in games. I prefer it in movies. I prefer it in TV. I do not like written fiction. It doesn't really appeal to me. I don't have the concentration for it. Uh, I like kind of non-fiction books. Right now I'm listening to a book called MCU, The Reign of Marvel. And it's all about MCU with interviews from people you've never, you know, who have never given interviews before. Really talking about the inner workings of Marvel. I had one about WCW, about the collapse of WCW, the rise and fall. And I love that shit. And I love listening to the books. And it's a phenomenal source of entertainment for me and information that I can drop then later. And if anything jumps out to you when you're listening to it, write down. Just put it in your little notes app. Oh, that's a really interesting fact. I must tell someone about that. Someone who likes it. Number five. You can't fight. You can't fight. You haven't trained to fight. You don't know how to fight. That's perfectly fine. Okay. In no situation, I've said this before, if you were in a situation and someone said, I need you to crochet a swan um, to save your life, you know, you would be like, can I have something else? Right. So fighting to save your life in a situation, I don't care what you've seen. All right. You don't carry that level. You might have seen something in the movies. You don't carry that level of hubris into relationships. You don't think, oh, I saw someone be really charming in a movie. I'm going to try that. So why would you ever try it with fight? With fighting? You have a primal urge to fight. I understand that, right? But you don't know how. And other people might know more. And we also used to have a primal urge of sizing someone up and thinking, all right, they're bigger than me. But we've seen Rocky. And we've seen him go in there with Apollo Creed and Clubber Lang. And we have be like, oh, maybe I'll win. Not going to happen. Don't fight. And there is no problem with running away to live another day in imho in my opinion number six um i have a bad tendency of just telling people everything all the time i have a bad thing of like you know if i do anything if i do a good thing if i do a good deed i have a very bad tendency uh, to tell people and then it kind of dispels the magic of it all so what i've started to do is i've given to a couple of charities and i don't tell people and i think if you're looking to get into charity The best way to do it is to do it for yourself and act like you're kind of a secret agent, right? Act like you're the secret humanitarian. Don't tell anyone of the charities, unless it's some kind of fundraiser that you're doing for the charity. But there's an amazing joy in giving to things online, like a GoFundMe or a regular, you know, um, direct debit to charities without telling people. I'm not saying that if you're giving money to, like, say, Palestine or whatever like that, you know, certainly – let people know and help other people if you're looking to, you know, uh, keep a cause, um, if you're looking to support a cause. But there is an amazing joy that you can get, and it's a learned skill, for, at least for me, an attention-seeking slut. I, I've, uh, it's a learned skill that I've only picked up in the last three years. I really feel like it's proper charity when I don't tell anyone, and it makes me feel amazing when I see direct debits come out of, like, a PayPal that I give to something. So be a secret agent humanitarian is a great way of giving to charity. Number seven. People do not make emotional reactions in business. All right. So what I mean by that is if you're looking for a job and you think, oh, well, I emailed last week and they said they get back to me and they haven't got back to me this week. But if I email them, they might think, oh, well, no, because this guy's annoying me now. No one. No one makes an emotional decision in business at all they always do what's best for the business if you're best for the business they'll go with you uh if it's best for if you're looking to even book somewhere for like a you know a 30th birthday party and you've emailed the venue multiple times and they haven't got back to you be persistent be annoying they will not cut you off based on an emotional reaction even though you would think oh well if that if if that was me i probably would cut them off no one does that people do not make emotional decisions In business. So persistence is very annoying but essential, and no one's going to cut you off just because you added an extra uh, email to their inbox. Number eight, being a fan of something is a compass. Point dest- to, to your destination, all right? If you're a fan of something, like the best bands are like, I want to sound more like this band, you know? Uh, I, I want to sound like Green Day, I want to sound like the Stiff Little Fingers, so how are we going to do that? And then they end up becoming Green Day. If you're a fan of something, it'll point you in the direction of something, right? But being a hater is not a destination. Getting away from a general sense of, oh, well, I don't want to be acting like that is not a destination point, all right? Being a fan is a pinpoint destination to what you want to be like. More things you want to, you know, if you want to. Dress like someone, that's a destination. There are so many things. There there are 99.9999999 infinite percent of things that you don't want. That's easy. But what you do want is the destination. So focus on what you do want. That is a compass destination. Things you don't want to be like is not a destination. All right, just keep that in mind. Number nine, telling people, I learned this the hard way, telling people that you're going to do something gives you fake endorphins, right? It's fake it makes you feel like you're, you know, it's like a sneeze is one-eighth of an orgasm. Telling people that you want to get into jiu-jitsu is one-eighth of an orgasm of actually, you know, getting a white a white belt. Do you know what I mean? Not even. It's a tenth. So be cautious of how much you give away in that kind of thing because you're also probably, that might be enough. That might satiate your need to actually do it. it do, you know what's, do you know what's even sexier? If you're looking for a bit of attention, tell someone that you're two weeks into doing something. That's much sexier than telling someone that you're already, you're Googling how to get into something, all right? Um, number 10, this is just a rule for life, but I, you can use it for your comedian, if you're dating someone, right? It is always good to be yourself. Absolutely be yourself, okay? You should always be yourself, but be conscious that you may have to alter how you communicate yourself, all right? So what I mean by that is, of course, you know, if you have a joke about bonobos riding each other in the woods, that's hilarious, that's great. Right. But you might have to communicate to make others see your point of view as to why that's funny. You being you is being into bonobos riding in the woods. Right. You being you is being into anime. Right. But telling the plot line of a fucking anime across half an hour on a date is like someone listening to a dream. They cannot engage with it. They're not interested in it. So be yourself but maybe be conscious of how you communicate yourself to other people. Don't change who you are, but you know, give yourself the best opportunity for people to understand and like yourself. So be yourself, but change how you communicate if you need to. Number 11, tattoos do not need to have any meaning. You, uh, tap, people getting into tattoos and they want to get into tattoos. It's a kind of perfect is the enemy a good situation. I got a tattoo of Serge Gainsbourg on my thigh. I was going to get a cover up and then I was like, you know what? I like it. I don't even like Serge Gainsbourg that much. I like one album, Histoire de Melody Nelson. And it's a phenomenal album and I love it dearly and I listen to it constantly. But it is, you know, I have a tattoo of a gorilla on my arm that says "Karaoke King Kong, right? I mean, my, my my father-in-law saw it and he was like, oh my God, oh my God. You know, there, I have a lot of shit. I have a tattoo for my mom, you know, on my on my chest. I have a tattoo. uh, Me and Terry have matching tattoos. There are things that are important, but they don't have to have any meaning. You know, they can be whatever you want and you'll be glad that you have them, even if you look back on them and think, oh, that's where I was in my life that I was into that. That's almost, you know, a really enjoyable way. It's like a diary for your body. You know, that's maybe that's not what I'm mad into right now. Maybe I'm not mad into Heinz ketchup now. But there was a time when that's what I identified by, is how much I'm into Heinz ketchup, you know? I'm talking to you, fucking Ed Sheeran. Um, So they don't have to have any meaning. Number 12, smash that hash key on automated phone calls to speak to a human. If you keep smashing the hash key, they're going to think you're some 70-year-old woman or 80-year-old woman rather, 70-year-old woman, would probably be, you know, 85-year-old, well, 90-year-old woman who doesn't know how to use this thing and they will put you through to a human. Smash the hash key and eventually you can speak to a human and they will get you to your destination on an automated phone line uh, no matter what. Or if the hash key doesn't work to stay on the phone, they will not cut the call off if you stay quiet on the phone, they'll eventually just put you through. There is always a last step, and there is a human. So you can get there quicker by smashing the hash key or just by being quiet. Number 13, if you ever need to lie, keep it short, right? Don't over-explain. Over-explaining is the c- clearest way. people, you know, More information people have to kind of uh, analyze and sift through the more likely they're going to see that this is a lie. I'd Keep it short, keep it brief. Sick days are great for this. Sorry, I'm really sick, can't come in today. Sorry, do you know what happened is last night I was out and there was a window was open and I caught a cold and then a bird flew into my mouth. Is too much information and it's kind of like, there's too many details here that I can kind of pick apart. Keep it short. Number 14 is a bit of advice I learned from Jack Black about parenting. He said that if you see a kid playing with a stick in a puddle and you have a rocket that you want to show them, just let them play with the stick in the puddle. Let playing kids play. Kids might just find a sense of wonder in a fucking stick in a puddle and you'll get a lot more time if you allow kids to finish. In general, that's just a life hack. Let kids finish what they're doing as long as it's not hurting them or whatever. Let them finish what they're doing. If it's a tantrum, let them finish the tantrum and then they can listen to reason. If they're playing with something, let them finish and then they'll see the rocket, all right? You'll get a lot more time if you let them just finish doing the shit thing before you show them the cool thing like some cool rocket that you step on and then shoots up into the sky. I know you want to play with the rocket, bro. I see you. I'm there, right? He's playing with a fucking stick but look what I have. You know, um, number, um, hang on, I've messed these up. Okay. Number 15. Okay. This is a fashion tip. I find in the same way they say the emotion of like the, the, what is it? Flow state is when you're doing something that's difficult enough to keep you interested, but not too difficult that you don't want to stop. Do you know what I mean? There's a sweet spot. And I think there's a sweet spot in fashion making doing something new and in fashion right even for yourself obviously you're not going to be breakthrough fashionista unless that's your game right but if you're just a joe schmo like me i find how i know something is on the cusp of something i want to do hard to explain but you kind of get a feeling that is like this feels kind of weird but i kind of like it is the perfect kind of zone to be in i find for fashion I went to uh, my mate Laura's birthday. It was like an Oscars party and people were all wearing mad suits. I wore a skirt because I saw Harry Styles wearing it and I'm like, this feels great. I actually love wearing a skirt and I feel really high fashion wearing this skirt and a blazer, you know? And I got a lot of compliments for it. So this is kind of weird, but I kind of like it. It's a beautiful spot to try new fashion things. Number 16. If you're buying something... Because of a prickly feeling in the back of your neck, like, no, I just need to buy this right now. Give it 24 hours. Just give it 24 hours. Just give it 24 hours. I reckon that when you go back, so many times I've gone back to Amazon shopping baskets and I've been like, okay, yeah, delete, delete, delete. And I could have easily just racked something up. If you're feeling that, it's something else, take a breath or at least give it 24 hours, especially if it's a feeling like I need this, you know? So keep that in mind. 17. It is impossible to be present. It is impossible. We're sold this idea they have to be present. When there are monks who live in the fuck, live on top of Mount Everest or Kathmandu and spend their whole lives cutting away all distraction in an attempt just to be present. Yogi's right. So it's not accessible for you. There's too many distractions. So don't feel guilty about it. There's moments of being present. And that's amazing. And maybe if you can acknowledge those moments and think how best you can get those back. But they're only fleeting moments. Don't let anyone tell you that you need to be be more present, get in the zone, appreciate what you have right now. I mean, I know I've said all these things, but also it is impossible. It is probably the biggest lie that we're sold is that we can be present and that we can easily, you know, you know, access it because it is so amazing. It is so amazing when you can do it. So maybe you can find the things that you are present in and do more of those things, you know? But don't feel guilty about not being able to get present. Uh, number 18, the maximum, the maximum amount of time that a funny video should be, if, especially if you're at a, a party and someone's like, hey, watch this video, is 15 seconds, right? And something juicy better happen in the first three seconds and it better be one of those watch to the end type situations, right? If it is a three-minute video of a funny prank call, sorry send it to me later i'll have a look right you're actually wrecking the buzz there's no there's no quicker way for me to be out of buzz i watching a three minute video i'm imme- i'm immediately scoping the rest of the party looking at other people having a better time all right keep those three minute videos away from me and give me a vine right five seconds ideal 15 seconds is great number 19 if you're hanging out with your friends right force a game on your friends Whether it's hide-and-seek, whether it's sardines, whether it's a board game, whether it's some word association game, whatever it is. If you think it's fun, if you want to do it, force it on your friends and be prepared for the collective groan. That collective groan will either turn into pure delight and laughter or will be a funny story about the time you tried to bring a game into a situation and you got shot down. Either way, it's all good, but it's definitely worth taking the risk. Force games on people. 20. The reason you haven't been enjoying weed is because you've been smoking indica instead of sativa. And an easy way to remember the difference between these is everyone knows indica is in the couch. I am a couch potato. I don't want to do anything. All right. There, I don't really know if there is one for a sativa. But the likelihood is weed, cheap weed uh, that is an indica will make you feel something. And it's easy to be like, oh, I felt something off that weed. That weed is good. Question mark. But sativa is the chat you want. Sativa is the euphoria one. Sativa is the I came up with a great idea. Let's do this now. You can get energized on weed as long as it either it is either a sativa or a hybrid, right? And if you don't know the difference, you can just stay away from it, or you can try. But if you ever are being offered weed, and you can ask someone, do you know what this weed is? Does anyone know what this weed is? You know, it might get annoying. It might be annoying your friends. No, mate, It's just the one that your man fucking sold me, right? It might be a situation, but eventually they might say, "Oh, this is this one. It's a sativa." You'll eventually meet someone who knows what weed you're smoking. And if it's a sativa, give it a shot. Try one puff and then see if weed is for you. Then uh, another little bonus one here is just smoking the tiniest amounts of weed. That, and I smoke the tiniest amounts of weeds. I do not get out of it, right? I do not like being too high. I like smoking the tiniest amount of weed and then watching something so that I have ideas and I'm cognizant and I'm engaging and I can communicate. I like being in that kind of zone. And that for me is one fucking puff and that'll last me two hours. I have a little vape and that's what I use. It's also amazing for doing chores. 21. Look, sex. As my as my old uh, priest, Father Dalton, said, sex, it'll make you and break you. He really said this to a class of boys. Um, sex, I feel even goofy saying this, right? Riding, right? If you're in a relationship, riding is the plaster that's that kind of plasters over the cracks in your relationship, right? If one person gives 80%, to the relationship and the other person gives 20 a simple ride can make you believe it's 50-50 even though it's not and you kind of need that because no one nothing is balanced nothing is but riding can make you comfortably forget about that and you just look at people in a different you look at your partner in a different way they look at you in a different way it is the plaster right it is the plaster that paves over the cracks in a relationship and you can get away with with that imbalance if not get away it's it's easier to tolerate the natural imbalance of a relationship if you have sex regularly. And I only notice when I'm not, when me and Terry not having to ride, right? I only notice this when me and Terry are not having to ride. and am like, something fucking about you. Something about you now not fucking, it's not quite gelling, you know? And then you're like, oh, right, we just need to remember that, you know, just need to be touched. So writing is plaster. Uh, 22. If you're in your 20s and no one is married yet, or even if someone is, but you've no kids and no serious obligations, right? Get an Airbnb, get a few slabs of cans or make some cocktails and live. Go and do a stag before stags. You, I'm telling you this, you will not be able to do that later, all right? So, of course, you might have quality time, you might be going into town, you might do holidays, you might go camping or whatever like that, but like, consider that it's not something that you can do later, all right? So do a whip around, see if you can find a cheap Airbnb somewhere, get a hotel room with your mates, get a bag of cans, all right? These situations only come on special occasions when you're in your 30s, mid-30s, late-30s, and even less in your 40s and 50s and 60s, okay? So there is no time coming up for you to hang out with your mates in an Airbnb, so take it right now. All right, next one, number 23. Um, The African Plains in Dublin Zoo shit. It's shit. Uh, it's a big, long walk, and you don't really see much. Uh, it isn't worth the walk. I would say instead you can really enjoy the reptiles, the monkeys, the jungle cats, uh, wolves, uh, a few birds. They have most of it there. And then you'll get to the African Plains Mm -hmm. thing. There's that big, long kind of wheelchair pram (laughs) uh, ramp to go up. I would advise against it. (laughs) You're just going to get tired. Your kids are going to get irritable. And it's not worth the walk. And maybe there's a philosophy for life there as well. That um, just leave the African plains. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you if you get the most out of the monkeys and the reptiles, you know, you don't need to. The, the last 80% of your walking is for 20% of the juice. Number 24. Uh, I'm talking about dough. You can call me Homer Simpson because I'm talking about dough. Uh, pizza, pasta and bread dough are very easy to make and they look really impressive. If you bring a bread to a dinner party, people are like, what? Even if it's ship bread. You know. Also, don't cut into bread when it's hot. Um, I've been making pasta for probably about seven years now, and I enjoy it. And if if you're talking about times when you're at the most, you're most present, I would say making a kind of dough and kneading dough. Here, why did the baker get fired uh, from the bakery? Uh, because he needed a poo. <laughs> so, uh, making doughs is incredibly impressive. Uh, or at least I think it is, and it gets a good reaction. Um, that's not why you do something. It's a very good, easy way of getting better at something um, that most people don't do. So give it a lash. Number 25. um, Listen, if McDonald's and Burger King have a new burger, that's temporary for a limited time only. There's a reason, okay? It's usually not very good. Stick to a Big Mac, right? You will always be let down by whatever Jesus Christ burger, the new Jesus Christ from Burger King the new Jizz Cheese Massacre from McDonald's is uh, available for the next two weeks, apart from the Shamrock Shake, which I love. And I would love to have it all year round. Um, McGriddle, some people say, is very good. I'm going to have one. That's one that's temporary, you know. Uh, so, look, things are temporary for a reason. Stick to the classics. Sometimes you won't be disappointed. Sometimes being at a restaurant and ordering something, oh, maybe I have, maybe this. Give it a chance. I would say five percent of the time is worth it. Is worth the chance, you know. That's not saying order boring, you know. But if you have no scope of reference, if you're in a Chinese place and you're like, oh, what's the special? Oh, I don't know if I've had that before. I'll give it a shot. But taking the advice of a new marketing campaign is not the best route to go when you're ordering a burger. Number twenty-six. Uh, the first thing people look for in an interview, in a job interview, if they're hiring you, is if the person across from them you is someone that they could actually just sit and have lunch with, you know? Is it if you're in some startup is it someone I can actually play a bit of ping pong with, a bit of pool, is this someone I'd like to have a pint with. It's the same way they vote for presidents, you know, the experience is kind of secondary and sometimes you can go in there trying to sell the experience and oversell that. And it's good of course to get across your credentials. But if you know that you're like say if you know that you're actually good for the job, you probably won't oversell it and you'll let the kind of resume speak for yourself. And then the interview is kind of like, well, look, are we actually going to get on? Am I going to get on with you? So if you can do something to prepare your nerves or an aspect of your personality that you're, that you're looking to show, you know you're being yourself, but you're communicating it in a, in a, in a way that um, people can respond to. I think it's kind of overlooked. No, actually, I don't think it's overlooked, but I have found that it is probably one of the most important things. That's why people know as soon as someone comes in whether they were going to be hired or not, you know, someone I actually want to hang around with. So keep that in mind. And of course, you do want to sell yourself, but not at the expense of being too overly zealous, over enthusiastic. you know, I'm this might go against my kind of like people only make good business decisions. They don't make emotional decisions. But if it's a kind of like, well, we're going to hire this person and they're probably going to stay here. We're probably not going to sack them. We don't really have a very good uh, kind of uh, trial period in this sales (laughs) environment. People seem to just stay on even if they're not meeting targets. Um, Or at least in my experience it was. I just think people want someone that they can go to lunch with, have a beer with, rather than the credentials that are jumping off uh, the page. Um, Number 27. Uh, Ask people their names when you meet them and take a second to let it stick in uh, and I find that this is very good for actually remembering people's names but then if you forget you can ask again it's easier to ask again once you've already asked once sorry I know you just told me your name what's your name again Robert fine I won't forget it this time sorry what is your name and I a technique I use it's not even a technique this is just how I talk to people if I forget someone's name and I've been hanging out with them maybe it's like a sound guy or someone I've been hanging out with before a show or something like, that. if somebody you meet, I meet a lot of new people want to go into pubs and I'm just trying to set up my projector and all that stuff, um, and if it's been like an hour and I've forgotten their name, I'll say, "Look, I I really like you, but I forgot your name. I'm 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 you know I think you're great, <laughs> but I've forgotten your name, which is a very weird thing to say, but I found people seem a lot more uh, willing and less upset. But I think just asking someone their name, you know, what's your name, Paul? Paul, okay, great. And then two minutes later, sorry, what was your name again? You know, if you showed it, you tried, then they're more willing to give it over again. Um, Number 28, don't store gas canisters on their side. I almost blew up my house. I put my gas canister on its side. I pumped the gas out of it into the pizza oven. It started freezing. The gas canister started turning to ice. Then the gas was barely coming out of it. And then it came out loads and almost blew the head off me. It actually blew my hat off that I still haven't picked up because I'm a bit traumatized by it. There's a hat in the backyard and haven't picked it back up. And it singed my eyebrows. So do not store propane or butane gas on its side. You'll see in it, it says, please do not store this on its side. Just something I picked up. Another one for DIY is uh, just buy the, the whatever three quid uh, stud kind of locator or like wire locator before you drill is isn't that expensive and I am in the kind of ADHD hyper focus kind of like I need to drill now but if you can find a way to just delay that and actually figure out if you're drilling into uh, wires I would highly recommend that. Another one on uh, being a fan 29 right? Be a fan right? And I know this is I've talked about be a fan not a hater of things and I have a tendency to be a hater sometimes and I have to check myself it's normally when it's it's normally linked to my mood Um but I have found that the most successful people in comedy are fans of a lot of people and, you know, directors, Quentin Tarantino, Martin Scorsese, actors, they can ream off a list of people that they love and they very seldom would talk about people they don't particularly like. Maybe if it's Scorsese and he's talking about the trend of superhero movies, but he has the authority to talk about whatever the fuck he wants, you know? um, And, You know, he's not necessarily insulting the filmmaking. He's just kind of saying that, oh, these movies are more like roller coaster rides, you know. And he's right. It's an experience. But I'm just saying that uh, if you're a fan of something, the most successful people are fans. And, you know, you very seldom see people listing off, unless it's some accomplished screenwriter or Friedkin or someone like that, where they can kind of list off people they hate. But they'll also be able to list a lot of people that they love. So be a fan. Be a fan. Do you know who's the biggest fan I know? Peter McGann is such a fan of other comedians. He's genuinely just like, he's, an, he's got an infectious fandom of things. Um, He's got things he doesn't like and things make him cringe. But the majority of the time, he would just talk about things that he's a huge fan of. And he's a huge fan of his peers. And um, and it's a very affable trait. And people like to be around that. Number 30. Uh, get a beard trim. Get a fucking beard trim. Get a beard trim. It is the cheapest haircut you can do for the greatest yield. Just if you if you're not very confident in trimming your beard, but you want to have a big beard, get a beard trim. It, it, I would say it is. You can have the scruffiest hair in the world. You got a little slick beard. It looks like you've done that on purpose. It looks like all those random hairs uh, falling out of your top knot is intentional because you've got a kind of aesthetic because you're wearing a dress <laughs> and you've got a slick beard. So I would highly recommend um, getting a beard trim if you have a beard. Uh, you know, get a haircut as well if that's your if that's your vibe. But beard trims can be fairly consistent and people don't really notice unless you have a specific kind of like Anthony Mackie falcon beard that is such a bad beard, it genuinely almost ruins the end of the Infinity Saga when Captain America's giving him the shield because of little fucking skinny line around his chin. I hated the beard. I hate the beard. I don't think it looks good. And while he's asking old Cap who his wife is when he looks at the ring... I'm like, I can't take my fucking eyes off this beard. So, but for the most part, just getting a beard fixed, people don't necessarily notice that, oh, you got a huge beard trim, but it is something that consistently just, I I find, looks good. Uh, 31. uh, Ask people for shit. Ask people for shit. I ask people all the time if I can do things with them. Uh, When I was doing Dream Gun, I was a huge fan of Dream Gun, and I just messaged Stephen Colfer. The brain's behind Dream Gun. And I said, can I be in Dream Gun on the next one? If you ever need someone, can I do it? And he was like, haha, yeah, maybe. Uh, You know, and he did. And he called me for one, you know. Uh, I also just ask people. I ask people for shit when I'm in their house. If I notice that they have a book on the shelf, I'm like, can I have this? You know, and I get a lot of shit. (laughs) I don't know if this is good advice, but I ask people for shit all the time. And I say, like, no, can I have it? Like, I'm not looking tomorrow. Can I have it to keep? And I'm like, yeah, sure, you know. I find I can get a lot of shit from people if I just ask people for stuff. Um, so I would highly recommend just getting used to asking people for shit. The only thing they're going to say is no, you know. Uh, one of my greatest uh, pieces of advice that I actually do follow and has made the biggest productivity, in, the biggest impact on my productivity is Dave Allen's uh, uh, tip. This is number 32. This is, if it takes less than two minutes to do, do it right now. Most online forms take less than two minutes. So as soon as you get the form, just do it. Just do the form. I got my, I'll talk about it on the next podcast, but I got my, you know, pass my driving test. I'll talk about that. I'll get really into the weeds with that. Don't worry, on the next podcast. But then I have the form now to fill it out so I can actually get my proper license, the proper card, the red card, right? And I just did it straight away. I did it in the car, you know, if it takes less than two minutes. Also, I should have been like rebooking the test every time I failed immediately. These things take less than two minutes to do uh picking something up after you've you're finished cleaning well i'll get that later i'll get all the things later all the things later it's not like these two minutes are just like stacked on so now these five things have become 10 minutes five things that took would have taken two minutes to do is now half an hour to do because they're all over the place and you're moving from left to right and all this there's so much more efficiency in just doing something that only takes two minutes to do right now and then you don't have to worry about it. And those thoughts that you have on that two-minute thing, they're interfering with proper big goals that you might have. They're interfering with proper, like, no, hang on, what, what, what am I, you know, what am I actually going to do? What do I actually want to accomplish? You know, uh, those two-minute things can just, as Dave Allen says, your, your brain is for creating ideas, not or for creating things, not for kind of storing things. So if it takes less than two minutes to do, do it right now. Number 33, see every band that you can if there's a band if Elton John's playing he's playing a farewell gig if it's Chic and Nile Rodgers for the umpteenth time in Malahide Park if it's the Strokes if it's the Hives whatever it is if you like the music go to the gig you will never re- regret it borrow money if you need to pay it back you will never remember how much the ticket cost even though tickets are fucking excruciatingly expensive right now you won't regret it you will regret oh, I should have seen them and you'll kind of almost have like a an alternate memory of just regret, you know. You you will you will you will have a memory either way. If a band plays and you didn't see them, you'll have a memory of not seeing them, or you can have a memory of seeing them. You know, but that amount of money if it's you know I went to go see Beyonce, talked talked about it. And it was probably the greatest decision musically I've ever done to see it. Don't need to see her ever again. You know, ridiculous amount of money. Cost a fortune. It was for Terry's birthday. But we went and, you know, I think go see every band you can Smashing Pumpkins and uh, Weezer are playing I haven't got a ticket but I will Blink 182 are playing ridiculous price for tickets I'm going to figure out if I can get a ticket for that I'm really going to try I will regret not going and I won't regret going even if it's shit number 34 treat your next thing this is for creatives I suppose Uh, treat the next thing that you want to make as taking a shit and treat it like it's literal shit like I just gotta get this out done need to get this out of me you know and then I can see later if I, want to, if I want to shine it. You know, they say you can't polish a turd, but my, my, my old comedy friend Andy J. Wilson had a joke. Yeah, they say you can't polish a turd, but you can cover it with glitter, which was how we talked about how he has tattoos and that's him putting glitter on a polished turd. Um, But you can either improve on that or do something better. I've found with making things that if I actually do go back and do it again, it's always like 10 times better. But getting it out there in the first place, getting it even just on your, you know, your, your Apple Photos, you know, you've put it together. You have the footage. You look at it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it again. That was shit. I'm gonna do it better. Um, just lower the bar of getting it out. I think is key, and just treating it like it's a literal shit. I was doing sketches there last week, and I was like, I'm just gonna do a shit sketch, and I was happy with it. But I started with the intention of doing a shit sketch, you know, just to get into the the habit again. And uh, number thirty-five, if your family is the type to eat dinner without listening to music. I don't know how you do it, but maybe look to, especially around Christmas and you're like, oh, Christmas is coming up. We're going to be sitting around the table again. Normally, it's very just intense, very bit born or whatever like that. Not the case of my family, but I've been around tables where it has been. Not in the case of my wife's family either, but you know what I mean? Sometimes it can feel like, oh, this is a bit, there's a lot of pressure on everything you're saying here right now at this table. You know, uh, if you pipe up, you know, some people as loving as they are, maybe just don't have big, deep conversations around the dinner table. So I would consider bringing a Bluetooth speaker into the mix if you're in that family. Just bring a Bluetooth speaker to the mix, play some you know, some chilled-out tunes in the background, and it takes a tremendous amount of pressure off the chat. You find yourself a lot easier just to say something because there's something in the background. You finish a conversation, people might just listen to the music for a little bit and move back in. There's less that tightness about what the next thing someone says is going to be. Um, and here's another little life hack for you as well. Uh, play music that your in-laws um, like... For a quick rapport hack, um, my mother-in-law loves um, Carol King, and I play Carol King all the time, when she's over at Dusty Springfield. It's always Dusty or Carol King playing, and I like those artists too. You know, I like those ladies. Don't know why I said artists like that in such a weird way, but anyway, uh, I have found that it gets them chatting about music that they like and gigs that maybe they've been to and whatever. Just it's a I have found that just by having music on the background that they like, it creates a nice warmer environment, and it somehow makes me seem like I did something. And all they did was just put on a song they like. It matters a lot to people. Um, Now, number 36. This is the last one. This is probably the most crucial. This is also not safe for work. So if you're listening to this on speaker, I'd pop in the headphones right now, right? The only way to suck your own dick is to roll back on your shoulders using the weight of your legs to bring your pelvis down. Um, I have successfully done it once. I can't really do it right now. Um, I'm hoping maybe 2024, you know, cut a bit of fat, I can maybe get back to doing it. Um... You know, get the flexibility up, get the gut gone. But as someone who has successfully just taught, just got the tip near my lip, it was impossible to do a bending over your lap. You can only do it, in my experience, by rolling on your back and bringing the weight of your legs down um, to your pelvis. So look, take those tips if you like. I have found them to be things that I have learned and they have improved my life. If you listen to that and then the 33 tips for turning 33, You've got almost a hundred tips there that I give to you, my Medici's, who I love, who I fancy. And thank you very much for listening to this podcast. I'll be back on Tuesday, proper mate, with a story about all how I passed my driving test and how I'm now at war with the RSA. You have made you have you have played a dirty game by letting me drive on the fucking road the RSA, right? And I'm gonna teach you and teach every single one of you. Mad fucking max on show, right? fury fuck every road is fury road for me now i have that license all right um, so that's coming up and also a new podcast coming out next week very exciting I'll tell you all about it then um but it's going to be very interesting and i think you're going to like it so listen thanks very much for listening to this i love you i fancy you all the best
1: bye-bye Here we are, big empty place. Junda e